Welcome to our May 29th worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. Don't look for a miracle. You yourself are the miracle. Today, as we look for all the blessings that are raised through our faith in Jesus Christ, I pray we find the hope, peace, and guidance that only comes from our Redeemer. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. The Spirit says, come. Let everyone who hears say yes. The living water says, drink. Let all who are thirsty drink their fill. Sing for joy, for God is here. We'll sing and rejoice, looking for the miracle we need. together for children's time today in my scripture today in the sermon that i'm going to share with your parents i'm going to use this analogy of what it means to be willing to do the work and prepare to be ready to do great things to study to work out to train to truly push ourselves in new directions so that we can go out and do great, great things. I want to share with you, once upon a time, there's these great athletes who are in the Hall of Fame. But once upon a time, there was a moment that those athletes did that sport for the first time. Michael Jordan, 
proclaimed as the greatest basketball player of all time. There was a time in his life that someone had to tell Michael Jordan what a basketball was. There's great uh, baseball players uh, in our lives that have done great things. Hall of Famers. My favorite baseball player is Nolan Ryan, one of the greatest pictures ever. And there was a time that someone had to tell Nolan Ryan what a baseball was. And after learning what those things were, they had to grow and to train with them and to learn how to use them properly. The greatest story in this story is told so many times. Michael Jordan being proclaimed as one of, if not the greatest basketball players in the world, tried out for his high school basketball team as a freshman and didn't make the team. There was a time in Michael Jordan's life that he wasn't even ready to be a member of his high school basketball team. But it was his willingness to learn, to grow, to practice, to train that helped Michael Jordan work past that point and become, arguably, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. There's so many things that we want to be a part of, but we have to learn we have to study. We have to understand what those things are before we can go out and do them. And that's why faith is so important. We need to have faith in our journey as we're learning about things. It's oh so very rare that someone touches a piano for the first time and plays a concerto. It's so very, very rare that a person touches a piano for the first time and plays Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It takes a practice and the understanding even at those lower moments to play basic songs so that we can go out and do the more complex things. There's so many things that we want to do in our lives that God is standing right beside us through. And thankfully for our faith in Jesus Christ and our faith in ourselves, we can go on this journey of practice and training and understanding and preparation and we can find ourselves growing towards the moments. Just as much as once upon a time, someone had to tell Michael Jordan what a basketball was to the point that Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team, all the way to the moment of Michael Jordan going to the Hall of Fame for the National Basketball Association. We're on those journeys as well. And I want us to know that there will be faltering points on those journeys, and that's okay, because we're not expected to learn or know all things at once, but we do have the opportunity to learn, to grow, to be taught, to study, and to be transformed so that we can reach the places that God wants us to be. Thank you for listening to me in this conversation. And as you grow and learn and find yourselves growing in your abilities, remember that Christ is walking right beside you. And just to hold the faith that we have in Christ and hold that faith in ourselves, that God will guide us to become what God wants us to become. Thank you, God, for your guidance in all things. And in your Son's precious name we pray. Amen.
Let's join together in prayer. God of unity and love, you call us into your presence. You dwell within us through your spirit. You love through us with the grace of Christ. Amen. And as we continue in our time of prayer, let's join together in the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's join together for our prayer of assurance. Christ, who is both our beginning and our end, our Alpha and our Omega, is in our midst and in our lives. Christ fills us with grace, comforts us with love, and invites us to unity with God and with all of creation. In this gift, you are reconciled and made whole. Amen. Our scripture today comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, 
This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually in the temple praising God. Thank you, God, for the inspiration of this word. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we thank you for this assurance that you're still with us. Precious God, we understand there's this preparation point that you have to be where you're going so that the one who will advocate for us can arrive. Today, as we pray through these accounts that we celebrate as Ascension of the Lord Sunday, we ask that you move through these words. Open our eyes, touch our minds that we can hear your guidance. In your son's precious name, I pray. Amen. Today is Ascension of the Lord Sunday, and as we look at this scripture today, we are dealing with a lot of different levels of conversations. Normally, I celebrate Christ taking his place at the right hand of God and sitting next to God and Christ rising up to be in a place that he can whisper in God's ear and share things for us that He feels God needs to hear us, not just the Lord, don't hurt them for they know not God, forgive them for they know not what they do. But being the daily whispering and God's ear saying they're okay, they're okay, they're okay. Today, as I I think about Christ rising to sit next to God. As I think about next week, as we celebrate Pentecost and the arrival of the Holy Spirit in the world, there's there's certain key phrases that have jumped out to me in my reading and preparation for this sermon. And I want to spend this moment today in our Sunday conversation to weigh out these words, to weigh out what's happening as we celebrate this moment of the ascension of the Lord. And I want us to think about what we're truly called to be as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. I want to read the entire scripture for you so that we can have this uh, foundation for the conversation to come. We're looking today at Luke 24, verses 44 through 53. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead, and on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. 
You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. Then we get to the moment of the ascension of the Lord. And when he had laid them out, as he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he blessed them, he left them and was taken in the heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Let's lay this out a little bit. It's the importance of a conversation of preparation. And I shared in, in a sermon a few weeks ago that Christ being the master teacher, he's also the one that teaches the necessity of preparation that's displayed in this conversation. If we look at verses at verse 44, he begins to lay the foundational work, the words that become the the building blocks of, of what's to come. He talks about how their faith history, their cultural history, has been a tool of preparation. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. All the readings that they have had a part of their devotional lives. All the things that pointed towards the reality that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And all the things that show, that have been shown, while that he was still with them. The reality of the death, burial, and resurrection, and now the reality of the ascension of the Lord. So they have the building blocks, that, that cultural lifetime of practice, that, that is the preparation of the reality of what's to come for Christ and to come for them. But where, I, where my brain was struck the most this week in and, and this reading is two phrasings that come from verses 45 through 49. And looking at them separately, we have this challenge of preparation. But looking at them together, there comes a challenge for preparation and then coming to a point of acknowledgement when that we are truly ready to go out and to share and prepare and to teach others the reality of who Jesus Christ is. I want to read these, and I may stop here or there, or I may read it and read it again and stop. But I want us to hear this. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. So I will, I'll read and stop. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. We're on this journey of preparation. Within this journey of preparation, Christ has been the master teacher. Christ has been the main voice, both teaching from the laws of Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, teaching using that faith history as the building blocks, the foundational points of explaining what's going to be. But Christ also showed through actions, through living experiences, through being the one that did the miracles, that advocated for those who were the voiceless by being the one that showed the tables being turned over our understanding of what power is, Christ showed 
and taught through his actions. Christ became this living quadrilateral. We, we've talked recently in our worship services about Robert Altler's interpretation of John Wesley's Bible study practice. And within that interpretation of John Wesley's daily devotional life, we see these uh, actions of reason, experience, scripture, and tradition. And we see that within the being of who Jesus Christ is. Christ used the reason of conversation within the parables. Christ used experience by being the one firsthand, performing the miracles, advocating for those who did not have a voice in cultural society, and through the experience of literally turning the tables over so that a new image of power could be seen. Using the scriptural history of the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms, and honoring tradition, even using the Passover feast as a teaching point of the actions that would come that Christ would have to follow through. Christ being a living quadrilateral and the, the followers being focalized on this major point. I, I, I share with you, and I, let me shift this into a reality. I have a great adoration for Billy Graham. And I believe if I worked in Graham Ministries when Billy Graham was fully in charge and the leader going out on the Crusades, I, I think that I would be so focalized on on Billy Graham and his teachings that I would be so focused that I, I would turn to him before my daily personal devotional life to discover things. And that's what Jesus Christ is doing. I mean, Jesus Christ is the one that's turning these tables and the followers are watching them and he's the teacher and they're learning everything from him. And in this one statement, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. It's this moment that he's preparing them. It's going to be your personal journey now. And it's going to be your personal thoughts and your personal reflections. And Christ being the living embodiment of reasoning through the teaching of the parables, through experience, through being the one that performed the miracles, using the scriptural history of the Psalms and the prophets and using traditions such as the Passover feast to teach what's going to come. Now it's up to them to go on that journey. And he touched them and blessed them to have that place of understanding. Then he told them that it was written, the Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now that caught me this week. Verse 46 and 47, verses 46 and 47 really caught me. And it, and it came to this moment of the importance of being prepared. Being, doing the work, studying to show ourselves approved, knowing that we have our footing in some kind of scriptural foundation that we can go out and truly represent, advocate, voice what we feel the existence of Jesus Christ is so that others can find their place within that existence. It, it's, it's this starting point. And he told them 
that it was written, the Messiah will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. We got to have a starting point. And for many of us, it needs to be the home field. I had a real blessing in my journey uh, moving into becoming a lead pastor is my pastoral ministry really was fostered in one setting. I was the youth director. I started as a, as a church member at a church in Rancho Bernardo, California, Hope United Methodist Church. I started as a member of that church because I had had a history of, of youth leadership at different churches in Martinsville, Virginia, uh, the First United Methodist Church of Bristol, Tennessee. I had this history of church leadership. I actually moved to California so that I could go to seminary. So I became a member of Hope United Methodist Church and through my history, moved into a place of employment as a youth director and through my journey of going to seminary, Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, through my preparation process, moved into a role as an associate pastor there. And it, it there was a blessing in having that home-filled advantage of going through this process. I was able to go out and say some ignorant things at times and be forgiven because of who I was. People knowing me and knowing my heart's intentions, and knowing my faith focused by watching me live my life, at times that I may have fumbled through things through the sermon, having that home-filled advantage and beginning that ministry became a very blessed point for me because I can make the mistakes, receive the forgiveness, but also not accidentally hurt someone in the process. See, it's the journey that the congregation had already had with me that if I accidentally said something wrong, they were able to say, well, this is what Drew meant. So I look at this and I think about my own faith journey as Christ is speaking in this moment. And he said that, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. That home-filled advantage for all of the disciples who are about to go out to be the voices. And, and, and for many of them having the blessings of knowing these individuals have walked them, watched them. They've been on this journey together. They watched them serve with Christ. They've watched them advocate for Christ. They know their history. So as they start out with this home-filled advantage, there's some forgiveness and grace that exists in that. Now, I think I go back to the understanding of, of Christ being this living embodiment of, of the quadrilateral, the, the Christ using reasoning for the parables and the experience of watching Christ perform the miracles and the scriptural history and the use of traditions. You know, the, the, the disciples had that advantage starting beginning in Jerusalem, and I had that advantage beginning in Rancho Bernardo. The years upon years of people seeing me reason things out with them through caring conversations, experiencing me share Christ's love, me using scripture and, and them knowing my scriptural understanding and the traditions that we all had together and faith and practice. 
helped me have that home field advantage to prepare for the bigger ministry. And that's what Christ needed the disciples to have. Now, here comes a little bit further because we need to have that home field advantage because there will become a point that we'll be prepared to go. And Christ encourages them to stay put and be prepared. Let's pick this back up at 48. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised you. But stay in the city until that you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until that you have been clothed with power from on high. There's this fear of missing out mentality. There's this, I need to go out and do great things right away mentality that we place our value and ministry on. There is this, I need to go out. I need to do the great things. I need to have the church that has 752,000 members. I need to start the social programs that revitalizes the economy of the town my church is in. There's these big things. And sometimes we are so focused on the bigger things that we rush out and we fail at them because we haven't laid out the proper groundwork for the journey. When I look at this, I think about the point in my journey that I was called by the district superintendent and said, this is the phone call that's going to change your life. This is the phone call that's going to send you to your first church on your own for the first time. And I feel that at that moment, at that phone call, I was truly prepared and truly ready because I had the time of having that home field advantage of people that knew me, people that trusted me, that allowed me to train, to practice, to study, to show myself approved, and to grow into the representative of Jesus Christ that I needed to be. Years upon years ago, my, my first church that I served to at as a full-time employee was the First United Methodist Church of Bristol, Tennessee. I was the associate of children and youth ministries and over time gained the title of the youth director. But at that church, the district superintendent came in because I was exploring my process of moving into ministry and the district superintendent was looking for an individual to serve as a licensed local pastor at a smaller church in that area. And I remember very vividly the district superintendent asking me, hey, are you ready to be the, the leader at a church? And in my naive response, I said, yes, I, I am. That was a long ways away from the journey that I've gone through that got me to North Coast United Methodist Church. And as I look backwards, I wasn't ready yet. And how destructive the path would have been for my self-confidence in ministry if the district superintendent wasn't wiser than I was <laughs> and said, okay, here you go. Thankfully, that district superintendent was wiser than I was and thought things through because I needed to be on the journey. I needed to stay in the city until I was clothed with the power from on high.
I think about that with my journey in Rancho Bernardo. I think about that with the journey of these disciples, that even though that they were walking side by side in community with Jesus Christ, they still needed to learn more. And they needed to learn more of what it would mean for them as individuals to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and representing Jesus Christ without the shepherd right in front of them. The safety net gone. When I got that phone call from the district superintendent saying, this is a phone call that will change your life. That was the moment that I feel that Christ was saying, you've been in Jerusalem long enough. It's, it's time to move forward. You have been in Jerusalem long enough. It's time to go out and serve. Not a reactionary process of wanting more. Not a reactionary process of being stuck in a place of discontent with the place where I was. But a true reality and an anointing saying, you've served, you've trained, you've prepared, your sermons are stronger, your outreach understanding is clear, and it's time to step out of Jerusalem. I want us to pray about those things. Because as I've shared in this, this series of conversations, the existence of Jesus Christ, the master teacher, is also the teacher of the honesty of preparation. And Christ is voicing that preparation to the disciples in this scripture in Luke. First, he opened their minds so that they could understand, that they could reason, experience, use scripture and celebrate tradition to find the foundation to stand on. That they knew the understanding and was challenged to the understanding to be in this place and to pray, prepare, learn, grow into new beings. So that there will be a place that we will be clothed with the power on high and we can step out to be the voices of Jesus Christ. Now when we meet again for our Tuesday conversation, we're going to talk about what it means to step even further out. We're going to talk about what it means to step out of Jerusalem, to step off of the home field, and to go to some uncomfortable places to represent Christ's message. So come back and, and join us for our, I guess it'll be our, our May 31st worship service, our conversational piece, as we talk about we've done the training We've stayed in the home field. We're ready to go. We've been clothed with the power on high. And now we need to step off of the home field to do great and powerful things. Pray over that. Celebrate our God of preparation. And may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. God is love. Amen. As we've moved into our time of offering, we'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to North Coast UMC. Dot org and click on the Give button.
Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together in our prayer of giving. Through these gifts, O God, make your unifying love known throughout the world. Throughout offerings in our lives, bring your miracles to the places they are needed most. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus' name and in Jesus' name.
Join us now for our closing benediction. Sent by God, we go into the world. Loved by Christ, we go to love. Empowered by the Spirit, we go to be miracles of God's grace. Thank you, God, for being with us today and leading through music and word. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.